everybody. This is Daphne Check, one of four music appreciation teachers at the Ohio Virtual Academy. I almost screwed up the name of our school. This is like the second time I've done that. Anyway, hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm here with Jeremy England, one of my co-teachers who will now laugh at me for not being able to pronounce our school's name. How are you? <laughs> I am well, thank you. It's good to have you back. We uh, missed you. you last week. I know. I'm so sad that I wasn't able to join you, but um, and I'm actually still half. I'm halfway through your solo podcast, Jeremy, and I've really enjoyed it so far. So definitely check that out, everybody. But we are together again, yay! Um, and hopefully we will be the rest of the year. Um, but you know, question mark. We're still both testing. Um, but we get to be together today to bring you episode sixty one. I think I typed that wrong. 61. It's episode 61. We really know what we're doing here, people. Um, <laughs> we're, we decided today we're going to talk about the music of Chicago. And we just, we talked about just trying to do maybe do something a little bit different. And we really hadn't... Um, we've had this idea about talking about cities and their own like little musical lineages. And so in the, where Jeremy and I keep all of our show notes, or show ideas rather... We've been talking about maybe doing some cities and stuff, and we decided that we were going to start that by um, talking about Chicago, and I know I I have not been to Chicago, well, I've been to Chicago twice. I've only been to that city for um, the Midwest Band Conference. I don't know, Jeremy, if you're familiar with that uh, particular conference. Um, I was there like two, three times in college, and it was always very, very cold because it's always right before Christmas. Um, and Chicago is no joke, the Windy City. So I didn't get to see a lot of Chicago, but what I have seen of Chicago, I've really, really liked. And because of when I was there and what I was there for, I never really got to go to like clubs or anything to listen to live music. But hopefully maybe that'll change, uh, you know, someday down the road I can go as more of a tourist. Um, but Jeremy, I'm, you've been to Chicago, you love Chicago. What is it about Chicago that you really, really like? Oh, man. I know, uh, I'm like, I'm like really hit, hitting, swinging for the fences, as they say, <laughs> right off yeah. the gate. I, well, okay, for me personally, I love big cities. I'm a... Uh, an urban city person at mm -hmm. heart, I think. Uh, I live in Toledo, which is not a big city by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a city. Um, so Chicago is just, it's large. Um, it is, uh, well, it's the third most populous city in the United States of America. Uh, I think behind New York City and LA, maybe. I forgot to get the second largest city, but it's huge. And um, I love the idea of subways and buses and walking places and neighborhood identities in the middle of a larger scheme. Um, Chicago is all of that. Plus, I found the people in Chicago generally when I visited there to be pretty nice. You know, so it's like a big city with the Midwest feel. So pretty comfortable, you know, <laughs> for me from the Midwest. Um, there's just... There's something for everybody there. Uh, we, we, my wife and I have been there uh, a bunch of times, and it's just—I um, don't think we've gone to the same place twice. Um, and it's—I've never—we've never felt like we've even scratched the surface of the city. So that's part of the reason we really like it—is just because it's—it's it's a city of opportunity because it's so big. It's definitely one of those cities that it's so big, there's so much to do, but you still feel comfortable going, especially as a Midwesterner. 
I think that's a very interesting um, view on it because I know I felt the same way when I was in Chicago. Again, I was just there for that conference. I was in like the same area, but you know, the whole time we were um, right there on Lake Michigan. I I can't remember the road there, but um, facing out, right? Um, Lake Michigan? Yeah, I'm I'm going as well. (laughs) I literally had a geography moment. We're in testing, everybody. (laughs) My brain is pudding. Um, But yeah, I think it's just a really cool place. And I I think there's so much to explore there that you you can't really be bored there, let alone, you know, all the musical stuff, but just the museums and the aquarium and the sports and all the restaurants, so much food and everybody loves to go to a place for food, right? Yeah. And I mean, their pizza, obviously deep dish mm-hmm. pizza, they're famous for, yes. um, Chicago style deep dish. Cause mm-hmm. it's different than yeah. like, uh, like Toledo deep dish or Detroit pan. Wait, Toledo um, has a deep dish. Uh, it's like Sandusky. It's like miles pizza. It is, um, like a thinner crust, but piled so high with toppings that you have to burn the cheese a little bit made fi- made famous by miles pizza in Bowling Green, who's down now in uh, South Carolina. But yeah, it's, it's not as like prominent as like Detroit pan or Chicago, but it is a definite style of pizza. Um, I so don't, I, I've lived in Ohio my entire life and I don't think I knew that. I think well, you just you maybe I'm me. just being pizza pretentious, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's um, and so I love so Toledo. Just, uh, just an aside, I love Toledo because we have a lot of uh, cultural stuff here. Like you know, we have a world famous art museum, and we have uh, a world famous zoo and world famous metro parks. And I'm being like, when I say this, I mean like has won awards for these things here in Toledo, and we're like on a small scale. And so then you take that and then you move to Chicago where everything is just – there's more of everything. Um, you're right. I mean there's just so much culture there that uh, you could just wander around forever and see different things. So um, it is, like you said, on Lake Michigan uh, and it connects with the Mississippi River, which is part of the reason that it is so popular because – the Great Lakes, Lake Michigan is part of the Great Lakes here in the U.S. if you're not from this area. Uh, there's five of them, the largest fresh body waters uh, in the world. And uh, that there's a lot of trade that happens there to Canada, out through Canada. So Mississippi River, when people are coming from the south, that's why the city is established at this port, essentially, uh, in the Midwest. So third largest city in the United States, largest city in the Midwest, uh, and just huge massive mm-hmm. well and some of the some of the uh you know the um, biggest cities in the world have co- some kind of water around yep. them because obviously trade was super is super important to building big cities and we didn't exactly have a lot of trucks in 1740 or whatever you know so with all that you know praising of chicago in mind you know with all every chicago has all these other things but we are a music podcast, so we're going to talk about the music of Chicago. So the first question is, what kind of music is Chicago known for? And when we started doing this, I realized it's kind of everything. Um, there isn't much Chicago doesn't do. Um, if you look into every kind of subgenre that we have as Americans, they, they've got their hand in a lot of it. So there's you know a lot of blues, which we'll talk about first, because the blues is a very important piece of Chicago jazz um they have orchestral works but a lot of cities have orchestral you know organizations and stuff like that um 
rock and swing. So, but I think the blues is probably the the most well known out of Chicago, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I think it is the basis for all the other styles of music that we'll be looking at. But it is like the there, there's Chicago blues. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that is a whole genre of blues music. So it is at the earliest foundation of like American music, you know, the blues is it, it's there. And Chicago is, is kind of like the next hub. We did talk about, um, looking back at our notes, we did talk about Detroit one time. Uh, but I think that was last year. And when we talk about like this great migration, uh, of, from the South, Chicago is kind of like the hub where people move to, uh, partly because they're on that river and it's easy to get up to Chicago, but like where it kind of branches out to the rest of this area where music is like the, the middle of a spoke uh, or the middle of a wheel. And it kind of spokes out from there, all these different musical styles, but the blues are kind of like the foundation for everything else. And this all really kind of starts from what is referred to as the great migration. We talk about this a little bit in the class um, and, I think we've definitely talked about this, about how folks, um, you know, were migrating, pardon me, were migrating from the South to the North to find work. And, you know, people, when they travel, when they move or relocate or, you know, whatever, they take their musical tradition with them. So a lot of Southerners brought that jazz style up to Chicago with them. Yeah, so this is like the early 1900s, 1917, I think is the Great Migration uh, that is happening up here, but... Um, we've definitely talked about like when you move places, you bring culture with you and you bring Mm -hmm. music with you. And this is definitely one of those times. So when we talk about jazz here in a minute, we'll talk about how, uh, like people like Louis Armstrong helps to establish the next level and like trains other musicians. But, um, a lot of people, when you come up to the blues, it's a very, the the cool thing about the blues is very formal, but also informal. Like it's more informal, and it can exist in informal places, like the open air market at Maxwell Street, where they could they could get together out in the open air, you know, and mm-hmm. play together and discover one another, and then like start going to clubs to play blues music, and um, you know it's very um, organic in a lot of ways uh, early on in the blues, and the blues is such a simple. Um, it's a simple genre to get into. Uh, one of those genres very difficult to be a master at, I think. Um, but it's good. It's easy to be good, or it's easy to pick up and fall in with people, which makes it easy to to spread and to like collaborate with new people. There's something about the blues and jazz too that is just kind of friendly. I, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Maybe it's just the camaraderie that the musicians feel because they have to be able to work together so effortlessly in order to create good blues or good jazz. And so there's, there, there's a little bit of fellowship in this type of genre and, and with the Maxwell street market kind of thing, you know, where they were and they were in that open air market, you know, there's camaraderie there and fellowship there because, you know, you can just see people, but I just always think about the, you know, everybody's just, kind of chill and hanging and happy with the blues and the and jazz and that's in yeah. general too but i mean we we have a distinct place we can point to with the chicago blues being that market but it i think on the whole that that stands true 
It's it was yeah, it's it's easy and it's very collaborative. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows well, not everybody, <laughs> but mm-hmm. most musicians know the basis of the blues, the twelve bar blues progression. Like you can lay that down and have the basics of the blues. But to sit down with other people, especially people you might not know very well or intimately, uh musically, like there's it's a lot of give and take, a lot of listening. Uh, a lot of not stepping on each other's toes to make you sound good as a unit. Um, and that's and you have to do that very quickly unless you've been playing together for a long time because, um, you know, then you start to like set standards for songs and start to set parts. But when you're just like free-flowing, um, it, you're right. It is very loosey-goosey, but in kind of a corralled sort of way. <laughs> Loosey-goosey in a corralled sort of way. <laughs> yeah, like that. I adore that wording. I really do because it that it makes sense. You can see it. In, I can. I literally can see this. What you said. <laughs> painting with words. <laughs> I love it. Did you see, this is why you're such a good teacher because <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can do that. Well, the Chicago blues has some distinct sound. I mean, there. I was reading about the the amplified harmonica, which I think is funny. Uh, I don't know why I think that's hilarious, but an amplified <laughs> harmonica. I think it's well. I should say I, it's not like haha funny. I just think it's interesting because when I think of a harmonica, I think of it as an acoustic kind of instrument. So you know, it's just having it amplified, and then and then of course an electric guitar. Now there's some of this gets kind of um, amplified almost to the point of distortion, kind of like what you do in rock and roll. And as we'll talk about a little bit, there's a lot of Chicago rock. It's it's influenced from Chicago blues, but the, the amplified harmonica is one of my favorite types of sounds from the Chicago blues. Yeah. And it's just an evolution. Mm -hmm. So this amplified harmonica and the electric guitar is just an evolution of the acoustic instruments that people are bringing up. Like, uh, you just bring your, your six string and you bring a harmonica, which you can play on the road or on a boat and you bring it up and then you like need to like make it different somehow and so music evolves equipment evolves and so you just like put that in there and chicago just happened to be like the next spot for that um which is which is cool i think it's always cool to see how music has kind of evolved even the classical world you can see like when the trumpet and saxophone and stuff like that comes Mm -hmm. into into play but uh and of course when people are moving up north and this becomes popular the American way is to capitalize and make money off of stuff that is popular that people want to buy. So a couple of record companies, Paramount and Columbia, uh, start to, I guess, corral these blues musicians into recordings and making commercial recordings and selling the Chicago blues out for people to listen to, which is, I mean, I say that it sounds pretty pessimistic, but it is a way for music to get, well, first of all, musicians to get paid if they're not getting screwed by the record companies, which mm-hmm. often happens with, you know, black musicians and, and white record companies. But oh, yeah. uh, people can get paid and it spreads. You know, this is, it's like kind of like the printing press, you know, you print it once, or you perform it once and it gets printed and replicated out. That's what recordings do. You can replicate somebody's performance and send it all over the country and all over the world to spread like your your area's music, which is good. Well, and making it more accessible to people obviously makes it more popular. Yep. And then people musicians from California are like, man, I like this sound. Let me see if I can duplicate <laughs> it. And so then it yeah. kind of grows out. It's it it kind of expands upon itself. Yeah, in a way, like, so this early evolution of music 
anywhere, really, up until like mass media comes about, is music is spread by people who go and bring the music with them. In a lot of ways, music gets mastered is the same way. But when you're talking about mass media, you don't have to have you don't necessarily have to have the people to go out there to spread the music if you get a recording and pick it up and then like put that into your own music repertoire if you're in California, for example. So it kind of like depersonalizes it a little bit, mm -hmm. I think. But um but you know, it is what it is. You know, you're getting music out there. Yeah. Well, and I, that happens. I mean, well, I guess I'll say this. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, too. Yeah. So maybe there's some of that. But I, I yeah. think you. I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other genre that we can point to of people bringing it is jazz. So jazz and blues are pretty much at the same time. They're kind of up. they're kind of siblings too, yeah. musically speaking. Yeah. So jazz, same things coming. Southern musicians are bringing. Uh, New Orleans jazz with them down from the south. You know, it's uh, jazz is born in New Orleans. And uh, when this migration happens and people are migrating north, uh, they bring their music with them. They bring all this jazz and uh, people really start to get interested in this. And so Louis Armstrong, who uh, is one of the greatest jazz trumpet players of all time, um, he gets recruited to come to Chicago, which I thought was interesting. You know, like this guy named King Oliver is like, hey, come to Chicago and play jazz. And he's like, all right, I'll do that, you know. <laughs> uh, so he comes up, he records a couple albums with the band, uh, a couple different bands. And it is uh, a broad appeal across black and white audiences. You know, like jazz and blues are like one of these styles of music once it becomes popular is um, – is a unifier in a lot of ways. Like, not the the business side of it, we're not going to talk about that because it's not necessarily unifying, uh, but the music itself is a way to bring different groups of people together, which I think is cool. You know, it's one of the nice things about the melting pot of jazz music. Yeah, it, it it's very... Uh, I always come back to the word accessible. I, maybe I need to, you know, expand my vocabulary, but I think everybody can kind of lean into jazz. And get into jazz. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm projecting here, but. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. But I think it is like, it is a music that is collaborative. Again, going back to the blues, it's a collaborative style of music where like, if you can play it, come play it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, some of this, where people get in a, a tizzy sometimes is typically jazz and blues music is a black style of music first. And, um, the, the genesis and the uh, start of both of these styles of music are uh, from the black community. And uh, it, I thought this is interesting about Chicago blues, Chicago jazz, really, is this guy, King Oliver, who brought Louis Armstrong up to play in Chicago, would put on these performances. And it said, this, this article we were reading says, white jazz musicians would attend performances by King Oliver to learn how to play jazz. So this music was like catchy. You know, people wanted to learn how to play it. And they would go watch performances, to learn how to how to play. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, that's how you learn, right? I mean, we have master classes in college from from the masters for a reason. This is basically just an informal version of that. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And when you're talking about clubs, it's very different. Like I've been, we had a couple jazz clubs here in Toledo uh, that you would go to, and it's way different when you think of like like a club, a band playing at a club 
typically it's like there's the band and there's the audience type of thing, right? And at least the jazz clubs I've been to, it's way more, it's way less formal than that. I mean, there's the band and there's like the bar, the audience, but like it's it's like collaborative in a different sort of way. It's very unique, you know? So like you could go talk to like one of the instrumentalists in between uh, sets or something and like just like be cool with it, you know? Or like you could, if you were good enough, you could go sit in with a band, you know, mm-hmm. and like play. So um, well, and and jazz, yeah. and even now too, jazz is still really popular in Chicago. Like, I think I think Chicago is a great place to go to if you want to hear some live jazz. For sure, they got jazz festivals and and clubs. I would say the other thing that um, the, it's important about Chicago jazz is, uh, and part of the reason we talk a lot about white musicians learning how to play jazz is at that time. Again, it seems like. Um, the white crowd liked simple beats, two and four. New Orleans jazz is typically not, in, it's maybe in two, you know, maybe mm-hmm. three, four, but it's a little bit more waltzy or uh, marchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, white musicians, white jazz musicians injected the four on the four, four <laughs> time mm-hmm. meter, you know, very mm-hmm. uh, danceable and clappable. And this lays the foundation for swing music, which is basically the popular music throughout the 30s and 40s. It's um, really born out of Chicago and the collaboration between various cultures, which is interesting because jazz comes about because of the integrating of multiple cultures and musical styles. Um, and so you just inject more of that into what's already there uh, and you get swing music, which is cool. I think it's cool to see that evolution. It just branches off into like that other side. Yeah, you could mm-hmm. you could see the different ingredients being added. You know, like mm-hmm. here's the stock, and somebody's like, you know, what we should add. We should add some like uh, some spices here to do it. And they're like, okay, that tastes good. You know, like oh, cool. Let's like mix it up a little bit more, and um, it's cool. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I hate to be cliche, but kind of love being cliche. Let's be honest. But there is a lot of like cooking. There's a lot of similarities between cooking and music. Because yeah. you might borrow a little flavor from here and then it becomes a different piece of music or a different dish, right? So it's it's easy to take those kind of two things that we know because, you know, it, you, can, you can make spaghetti one way, but if you decide to put Parmesan cheese on it, maybe it's a different meal. I don't know. I really can't cook. I'm a really <laughs> bad cook. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm a good cook. But my point still stands that they're very similar <laughs> My answer's just think, my answer's just to put cheese on everything, folks. I Let me like, just I think tell it's you. Like this. Like, like it's like you could have a, a top of or you can have a box of top ramen, right? Mm-hmm. Like a like mm-hmm. a little package of uh maruchin or whatever it is, top ramen. Definitely downstairs chicken. in the pantry. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is what comes to Chicago. This delicious meal already. <laughs> you know, like it's it's come to you and then you look at it and Chicago's like, you know what this could really make this ramen better, which is already great by itself. Like I'm, I could eat that just by itself. You know what would make it better? I'm going to put an egg inside there and yes. let it cook while I cook the noodles. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what else I could add to make it even better? I'm going to put some chicken, actual real chicken in there. So now I have ramen, which is good by itself. And now I'm going to add in uh, chicken and egg and I get something that's different, but very much the same and better to some people. Some people might just want the ramen, and that's totally cool. You know, you do you. But some people want to evolve their dish further, and you get chicken egg, chicken ramen. 
So that's Lady, swing. Ladies and gentlemen, we <laughs> hope that the reason you turn into this podcast is for the music. Come for the music talk, but stay for the recipes. Listen, this is, this is college cooking 101. Okay? Also, you just told me what I'm having for dinner. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. We haven't done, you know what? I appreciate this very much though, because we haven't done, we haven't done the food comparison thing in a minute. So that's right. it's time to bring it back. Hashtag bring it back. All right. So now that we've got you all hungry, let's talk about gospel and soul music, which is another piece of Chicago's musical lineage. Yeah. Food um, for your soul, right? Food That's where we're at for now. your soul. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, you're on fire today. Okay. So Thomas A. Dorsey, um, we've talked about him before. I, I know we have. And if you're in our class, yeah. we definitely talk about him, but we'll go back and refer to that. But basically he's, he kind of helps move the gospel train along or the soul train along. Ah. Um, <laughs> He's, I'm reaching there. Um, he's, this was, would have been around the 1930s, by the way. So he's kind of the father of gospel music and he served at a Chicago church for 50 years as the music director. So his influence in gospel music kind of starts from his church kind of trickles out into the city. Yeah. And I, I will say that we are going to really undersell him in this oh, segment gosh, yes. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did do a episode on black gospel music, which we cover him there but um yeah he and what makes him so relevant just to bring you all back into this is he was a blues musician before he was a gospel musician and then he got uh saved and born again and basically compared gospel music to preaching so that's a in a church world it's pretty pretty big you know like equal footing um and he develops like choirs and he basically gives birth to the modern gospel choir to modern gospel music um and has a huge huge influence in where he's at, that pilgrim church where he was at. Uh, basically, if you were a blues musician or a gospel musician, you like played there. You know, that was like, where like blues musicians and jazz musicians have uh, clubs, you know, like certain clubs you got to play at. Like gospel musicians have certain churches they got to go play at to like make it. Or if you've made it to a certain church, you're like at a, you're at the level, you know, like you're going somewhere. Um, so that was Thomas Dorsey. And part of his legacy. And I'll, I'll just echo again what Jeremy said. We're we're grossly underselling him um, for this portion <laughs> yeah. of the podcast. He's a massive influence. Um, so definitely check out um, his history. Have we done an actual podcast on just him? Because he would not he, just on him. Uh-uh. Maybe we should at some point because he's such a figure. Um, you have something here called the soft soul. You put that in the notes. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I thought this is interesting because it, it's. I, I not heard of it. I called this, I guess, but basically, it's a mix of uh, black gospel music, uh, which is a very distinct style of gospel music, and they put quote unquote lighter lyrics. So I guess maybe not as convicting <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit more laid back. Uh, it's called soft soul. So probably not as. And I have to look at some of the artists. I didn't do that, um, but. When they put lighter lyrics, I'm guessing that is a little bit less uh, less churchy and more um, non-churchy or secular uh, yeah. with with the gospel style of music, which is um, we talked about the the black gospel episode. We just talked about how good those musicians are a lot of times mm-hmm. in that genre, that style of gospel music. So uh, you know, people who maybe grew up in the church but aren't necessarily believers might want to still perform that music without the message that goes along with it. So Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not, 
That's preachy. Uh, yeah, that that thank you. Yes, that was the word. Yeah. It's not it's not quite as preachy. It's it's gospel light. Diet diet gospel. <laughs> diet. <laughs> All right. So that's uh Chicago Gospel and Soul. Now we get to uh some of our personal wheelhouses here, which is rock and roll. And I see a band listed here that I know my co-teacher will definitely want to talk about. (laughs) But, um, and I'll let him fanboy on that. Um, But we should, we should actually do a podcast on them too, side note. Um, So the rock is very influenced by Chicago blues, meaning the rock roll that comes out of Chicago um, takes its cues from the early Chicago blues that we talked about a few minutes ago. It's a very natural evolution, but we use horns in this. So that's, that's one of the really cool things. And the bands you talk about here definitely do some of that. So, um, let, I'm just going to stop talking cause I kind of want to watch you fanboy <laughs> on the Midwest rock. You, you, oh, just, okay. you just go ahead. Just did go you ahead. mention, I mean, did you, you mentioned the actual band named Chicago, right? The, uh, that's the first one. So yeah. Chicago, there's the literally band is, a so band called Chicago. <laughs> Please they used to be called Chicago transit authority and they mm-hmm. shorten their name to Chicago. Yes. Um, that I I don't know much about Chicago. I just know Saturday in the park. You think it was the Fourth of July? That sounds what the the one that Chicago. their song that I like. Oh, see, I put me on the spot. The seven to not. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to look it up because it's there's one that always has numbers in it, and I always forget. <laughs> but it's got the really cool trumpet part. Yeah, you, it's, it's if if you like oh horns God, and on. music, go listen to the band Chicago. Yes, uh, definitely. And it's a. It's a very distinct sound. There's nothing like it. And when you talk about like Midwest rock, that's kind of like what it is. But the one that uh, that is near and dear to my heart personally <laughs> is the band Styx, which is uh, they got songs like Lady, uh, Renegade, Come Sail Away, um, what am I saying? Mr. Roboto, Babe, The Best of Times, uh, Snowblind, Miss America. Uh, you know, like a lot of these, it's an interesting mix of um, synthesizers and like heavy rock, very um, blue collar. Blue collar man's another song they have, uh, but very much like everyday Midwestern working man type rock. And um, it is, it's kind of down and dirty but like polished at the same time it's a very weird and just this whole midwest rock genre because like there's sticks uh there is ario speedwagon survivor cheap trick these are just some of these like classic bands what i think about these bands okay this is gonna sound real bad we have a uh, so we're in the midwest right toledo and columbus which is in ohio chicago is not far from us there's a, a certain person, a certain type of person I can think of that goes to like the sports bar at a 6 p.m. on a Friday night. You know, like they ride their motorcycles down there and they're all uh, listening to like Cheap Trick or Survivor <laughs> blasting from their motorcycles they ride down the road. That's oh like Midwest gosh, rock yes. to me. Also, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I'm, I'm like pulling away from the mic because I am snickering <laughs> so hard right now. This, in, in all respect, I am from a rural community that I love dearly. But when you said that, I, I there was a very specific place in my hometown that popped into my yeah. brain. <laughs> exactly. Very you specific. know, and like, 
It's like the you go out and you drink from six to nine, and then you go home and go to sleep because you're old, you know. But you like dress up in like leather vests and a bandana to go out and smoke cigarettes and drink beer, listening to Survivor and Cheap Trick, and then you come home, and it's like that is the Midwest to me. Like that's yep. what this encompasses. Yes, one hundred percent. You work hard during the day. You work hard all week. Uh, you go like unwind and then you go home and sleep, you know? And like, it's just kind of, yeah. And then you get up the next the, morning and work on your lawn. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning. Cause you went to bed at 9 PM, you exactly. know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, I saw this so vividly. Oh my. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's the working man's rock. I think. Uh, yes. I, and, and, but, and to be fair, I know I, I was pseudo picking on you, but I love all these bands, and yeah. I think Sticks is just a one is is maybe the most perfect representation of this. Yeah, they, very, they're very um, like that. It's it's like polished, you know, but like very relatable, but like showman ship mm-hmm. type thing. Um, flamboyant, like all these bands too. Very. Uh, um, I don't know if like flamboyant is the right word, but they're, they're showmen, you know, like very mm-hmm. much like um, uh, like you might see them wear like a jumpsuit or you might see them wear a vest without a shirt on. But like nothing like the 80s, <clears throat> which was like hairspray and uh, teased hair with spandex. They might have perms, you know, like yeah. that was a very popular thing. But just, um, yeah, I... I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's Midwest rock, if and you, Chicago is kind of the home of it. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what we could say. If you know, you know. Yeah, um, you know. So shout out, shout out, especially like if I'll. It's like I, dad rock. Yes, <laughs> yes, very much, very much. It, I was actually thinking of my father a little bit there. Um, so, <laughs> um, so he definitely is getting up in the morning to work on his lawn. I'll tell you that, and he's listening to all this stuff. Um, okay, so back to Chicago. <laughs> um, definitely, some punk rock comes out of Chicago. Alternative rock, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I always forget they're from Chicago. Me too. Me too. I always think they're from New York in my brain, but Smashing Pumpkins. Um, and then there's some other folks here from from other bands. And I is Soundgarden not entirely from Chicago? Because that you know, was the I, one that threw me there. Yeah, I guess they just mentioned this uh, this Kim Thale. I I didn't I thought maybe they all were, but uh, they specifically mentioned meant, sorry they specifically mentioned Kim of Soundgarden from from Chicago. So wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Adam Jones from Tool, Eddie Vedder, and Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. So um, lots of musicians coming out of Chicago doing, you know, joining other bands. Which uh, is interesting because Eddie Vedder, right, is mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, which is a very grungy style. We often think of, like, grunge as Seattle, Seattle. area, which it is, right? But, I mean, Eddie Vedder is very stereotypical grunge music and he's from chicago smashing pumpkins is on the edge of grunge and alternative they're from mm-hmm. chicago so mm-hmm. um yeah it's an interesting i, I had no idea before yeah. i did the show um definitely so so those are um some alternative rock examples heavy metal i couldn't is there i can't think of a band that's straight out of chicago from heavy metal off the top of my head they they had a list. I didn't recognize any of them, so I tried to stick to just ones I recognize. The closest one might be like Disturbed, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't put them as heavy metal. Um, yeah, I don't know if they are so. either. They do have a uh, large independent scene in Chicago, and I wonder if that's just because the music scene in general is so vivid in in, in that town. 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It talked about like noise rock and stuff like that, like kind of obscure versions of different genres. You know, like here's a different genre that kind of spread them out to different areas. So I thought that was, um, but I think you're right. There's so many distinct people in Chicago that, you know, there has to be something for everybody probably. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have some other rock bands here. Uh you said disturbed, uh, play Chevelle, plain white tees, okay, go and fallout boy, which I have, uh, fallout boy was on my radio a lot in the yeah. 2000 to <laughs> 2010. Although I still love fallout boy, but again, didn't yeah. realize they were from Chicago. Had no idea. Yeah. So I think I cheated. Some, I mean, I think Wikipedia may have cheated some of these, but they're all like Chicago area. Uh, but I think fair like, enough. Um, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they cut their. I was thinking about that. I'm sure they cut their teeth in Chicago, but mm-hmm. like Sticks, for example, they're a, they're a very popular regional band, and then their song "Lady" gets put out on like the most popular station in Chicago, uh, and that like pretty much catapults them uh, to the top. But yeah, some of these other bands, Fall Out Boy is probably one of the most commercially successful bands out of Chicago, uh, but these other ones you can't really. And and diverse. I mean, these are all rock bands that you just named, Disturbed Chevelle, like pop rock or heavy rock. Uh, and so even in one genre, they're very diverse in what comes out of Chicago. So, so then we can talk about hip hop. We'll jump genres here for a second, go into hip hop. And one of the things that's cool about this is if if you know anything about hip hop, there was a time when it was very East versus West. Well, geographically speaking, Chicago's kind of in the center. <laughs> so we get like this mix of East and West Coast rap, which is really kind of fun. Um, Chance the Rapper, I think not only is he an excellent rapper, I think that he is a wonderful represent- representative of the city. Uh, yeah, he does a lot. Sure. He does a lot for the city and does a lot of going back. Uh, Kanye West, who... He's not really doing much these days, but I, my own personal inflection is that I like really early Kanye stuff um, more than I like some of his, um, I don't know if modern's the right word, but like, I like some of his early work better than his current work. That's a personal thing. But Kanye's from there. Uh, Chief Keef, I am not familiar with that person. Um, he, he became, I, I only knew of him because when I taught uh, middle school, <laughs> middle ah. school in 2000. 13 or whatever he was like a big deal uh so he's kind of like the modern um a little bit heavier uh less school appropriate (laughs) rapper so fair fair that common oh i I do like common a lot um lupe fiasco and twista which again i'm not very familiar with twista twista is really known for his speed uh which 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 would make sense with with which he delivers his yeah his raps uh, and I think all these people, like the East Coast, it's like there's a lot of synthesizer, a lot of musicality that goes underneath. But um, and there again, all these are such different styles of hip hop, like different feels. Like Chief Keef versus Twista versus Kanye are all very different. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but game changing, really. I mean, Kanye, he he really helped change like what hip hop was in a big way when he released his. Uh, was it the, uh, I can't remember the college, um, college dropout. Yes. Is that the title uh, of it? Yeah. So like, 
how he samples, what he samples, mm-hmm. and the different sounds he puts on there is just, and mm-hmm. the way he delivers his rhymes is, is just very different. Chance the Rapper is, again, he's very new um, and reps Chicago well. So, mm-hmm. And then the more hardcore stuff, Chief Keef and mm-hmm. Twista. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Common, um, he Common dabbles a little bit in everything these days, I feel like. He's got his, he's like doing a lot of stuff, but common, the stuff I know of commons is very, um, socially aware. Yes, very much. And that's, that's really, really cool. But it goes, I guess it's to your point that all these people that we've listed are very different for different reasons, but they all still come out of Chicago. So they're all like doing the same thing. They're cooking. They're, you know, they're doing (laughs) borrowing stuff from here and borrowing stuff from there. (laughs) Yeah. And, Chicago, I mean, Chicago makes a lot of the news today for, like, all kinds of things. And one of those things is um, violence. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of, um, like, when we talk about hip-hop from the West Coast and the East Coast, uh, there's a lot of, especially the West Coast, there's a lot of themes of violence. And, like, not necessarily violence, but uh, living with violence, you know? Like, Mm not, um, but... We often think of like Chicago, it can be like, oh, it's the Midwest. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool, it's the Midwest. But all the issues that come along with being a large city are are common in Chicago, being the third largest city in the United States. Like, it is very diverse, especially if the history of like uh, the Great Migration, which is uh, basically a lot of black people moving from the south coming to the north like you're just mixing this pot and sometimes that goes well and sometimes it does not and there's all kinds of inherent issues that come along with it which gives rise to people like Kanye or mm-hmm. Common so after uh you know kind of nor- not really sort of related but house music i guess is kind of a distant cousin um <laughs> i don't know if that's true or not Necessarily, but you know what I mean. They're both like da- a lot more danceable than some of the other things we're talking about, which is why I said what I said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, house music um, originated in a nightclub called the Warehouse. I don't know if that's still a, where- a club in um, Chicago, um, but DJ Frankie Knuckles popularized it while working <laughs> at the club. First of all, that is a great name. It's a good name. Uh, yeah. That's a gr- that's really good. Um, so the quote, there's a. Quote the ju- that we pulled here is developed in houses, garages, and clubs of Chicago. Um, it's usually longer than the radio, more experimental, and used more interesting instruments such as synths and other electronic samples and elements. So basically, um, this is where people are mixing stuff, using all those samples and stuff, and, and making it into a giant jam. Yeah, which I think is interesting because... If you remember all the way back to the Detroit episode, techno music was born uh, in Detroit. So, uh, like, it's interesting to me. I, you know, I always think of like, again, Chicago is a very large city, but mm-hmm. not the large city that is Chicago that these styles develop. You know, like boots, 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 you know, stuff like that. Like boots and cats and boots and yeah, cats and yeah. boots and cats. <laughs> yeah, I think New York City or like. Europe. <laughs> you know, yes. Like those, like some tiny dark club in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. But that tiny dark club was actually in Chicago all along. <laughs> <laughs> the house music was inside of you all along. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so uh, fun. That's so fun to think about. 
Yeah. So just a cool and the I mean house probably develops, they don't know for sure, but probably develops out of the warehouse. Um or like that it was actually developed in houses. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It literally so, was in houses, so Yeah. It's very cool, very experimental style of music that now is just its own its own thing. And uh, a lot of fun if you ever get to hear somebody it's kind of repetitive a lot of times. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, it is. I'm going to say that. I'll leave it there. I was going to say, unless you really understand it, but no, it is. It's pretty repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to be super deep right. to get like, house music. You just, you just don't get it, man. But <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is is house music danceable emo? Probably. No, <laughs> I, think, I think it's just danceable. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a little too philosophical here, right? That's right. So let's. Let's switch pretty much to the exact opposite yes. spectrum of house music. Let's do that. Let's talk about Which, orchestral music. <laughs> yes. Um, oh found in 1891. Um, we've talked about orchestral. And orchestral meaning just like European music, basically. Um, Chicago has one of the one of the uh, big five orchestras. So the big five meaning the biggest, the big five orchestra in the world, the best considered the best um, orchestras in the world. And there's there's five that are considered the big five. In the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. Excuse me, I should say the world, the U.S., um, which is the New York Philharmonic, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, the Philadelphia Orchestra, and in our backyard, the Cleveland Orchestra. But uh, Chicago Symphony Orchestra is one of the big five in the United States. Have you ever seen the Chicago Symphony? Uh, I don't think that I have. Um which is a shame, I'm yeah. sure. But I'm, hope, seems, I'm hoping it, maybe some point to go see them. Yeah, it seems too uh, too hoity-toity. Like like I don't I'm not worthy <laughs> of seeing the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. But no, I just have not gone over to to see them. You know, um, I used to. It's funny you said that because I was like, oh man, these are like the impressive ones. And then I remember when I was in college, I op- I was in a group that opened for the Cleveland Orchestra. Oh, nice. So then I'm like, okay, there's keeping it a little bit in check like because and and we would we would let's be fair be doing a disservice if we were like hey you have to be hoity-toity to go to these because we preach enough that you know no that's not the case or shows for everybody (laughs) but still these would be the five that these are the the, man these the musicians who play in these orchestras yeah the musicians the conductors that Mm -hmm. get to get in front of them um I mean, I, I didn't put it in here, but they have, like, multiple Grammys. Like, there's one conductor that has, like, multiple Grammys himself, you know, just from mm-hmm. recording with this group. So, uh, and I, here, here's the most interesting fact. That, not that they're great or they're one of the big five or anything like that. They have a minor league, which I thought was super cool. Uh, they have something called the Civic Orchestra of Chicago, which is an orchestra where they recruit or they recruit pre-professional musicians. So, they're like, hey— you look like you're going to be really good. Why don't you come play for the Civic Orchestra of Chicago? Get you know, train up and play amazing music with amazing people, and then you can give some concerts yourself. That's pretty cool, you know. But then, like, you're not destined to stay here. It's kind of like an amateur, like a minor league orchestra, basically. A lot of people go on to play for uh, the CSO, or they'll go to other major orchestras. Um, I just thought that was. Pretty unique, you know. It's, I it's different. I love than, that. Yeah. I I wish more people did stuff like that because you know there's 
it's really hard to be a freelance musician. And this kind of gives a little security, not to mention you get kind of trained up and then you're, you always know where to pull for an understudy if you need it. Right. Yeah. Which that's, that's really great, man. What a cool idea. All right. Cleveland, Philadelphia, Boston, New York. (laughs) And I'm going to shout out the CS uh, Columbus because I'm here. Um, why don't you guys work on that? Get your get yeah. your all get yourselves a minor league, like a minor league circuit, you know, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Oh, my gosh. So the Chicago Symphony Orchestra was voted the best orchestra in the United States by Gramophone in 2008. But then again, by another group in 2015, I believe, and also the fifth best in the world. Um so they're they're pretty much legit. <laughs> so yeah, if you can go see them, by all means go see them. And I'll take my own advice to get over there and, and check them out sometime. Especially since they're so close, you know? Like Yeah. They're not far at all. It, you know, like again in Toledo, like it's a spoil of riches. I got the Toledo Symphony Orchestra, the Cleveland Orchestra is two hours away, Columbus is two and a half hours away, Chicago is four hours away. You know, like there's tons of good music. So I just need to Get on it. And shout out to Cincy <laughs> Orchestra, too, if we're going to talk about orchestras, because uh, sure, Cincinnati yeah. Orchestra is really, really good. The, I have seen them a um, couple times now. Uh, Cincinnati Orchestra is no joke. And, of course, I'm biased. I think the Columbus Symphony is pretty great, too. Um, but insert personal bias. Um, it's, a, it's a spoil of riches. I mean, really, I don't think it's bad. It's just we have so much good music in the Midwest here. Yeah. And you'll notice, I'll point out the fact, too, that the big five – uh, Chicago's the farthest west. Everything else is, yeah, you know, is. get closer to the East Coast. Or so um, that's not to say that the L.A. orchestra is not good or the Denver orchestra, whatever. Like, there's a lot of good orchestras. We're just talking about the Big Five, but but because it's again the spoil of riches because we're so we could really get to all of them relative with some relative ease. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know much about this last thing we're going to talk about, but I put it on because I, I wasn't sure if you did. I don't really, I've, when I've been to Chicago, it's not been for, you know, vacation or whatever. Have you been to Chicago where you've heard any like good live music that you think is worth a shout out? Uh, yeah, but I don't remember the names. I'll just right, point you talk. to, because <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I looked at this one and I, I was, I'll just point you to the first link in our show notes, which is the, um, Music of Chicago Wikipedia page. Perfect. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's probably like 50 or 60 different locations that you should go check out that are all various styles. They break them down by styles. Uh, and just, it's just, there's so many. I mean, it seems like a cop out, but I don't know enough to say like, this is the best jazz place to go to, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just, there's a ton. So if you want to go see live music <laughs> in Chicago, uh, there's not going to be any shortage of places to go check out. So what you're saying is the best place to hear music in Chicago is the one that you actually walk into. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. So go visit some stuff in Chicago. Go listen to live music. We've told you all kinds of musical stuff that comes from Chicago. Go check some stuff out um, safely, you know, as we you know wrap into this point um, right. of the end of the pandemic, um, but yeah, definitely. And uh, hey, if you're in Chicago, um, why don't you tell us what we screwed up? Um, you can <laughs> yeah. do that by reaching out to us at OHVA Music on Twitter. Um, if you want to challenge Jeremy on his sticks obsession, you can do also do so on Twitter. Um, it won't yeah, go well. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it will go very badly. But you can still try that at Jeremy P. England on Twitter. Um, um, so we are teachers, students. Don't forget our contact info is in the class. But hey, um, by this point, you should know that. I'm just, you know, saying. Um, you can find us and listen to this podcast however you listen to podcasts, wherever. But you can also find us on anchor.fm forward slash ohva music so thanks for checking in and listening in and uh yeah go chicago go chicago